everyone, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. This is so exciting. And I know I always say that, but it really is today because I have a very special guest and she is a survivor thriver. She's a warrior champion. She fights trafficking on the front lines. And I'm so excited to introduce my friend to you, Mackenzie Jordan. She's in the studio today. So Mackenzie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited that you're here. But not only that, that you are with us in the studio. And because of since of the pandemic, we've had a lot of like virtuals. And mm-hmm. so to have you sit here in the chair, like we're just kicking it in the living room is really fun. I'm excited to be here too. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are probably thinking, well, why is she so passionate about being on the lines of trafficking where all the trafficking is going on, where there are people stuck, that people need to actually be rescued and investigated for trafficking. And so can you tell us just who is Mackenzie? I am a 32-year-old mother to three beautiful children that the Lord blessed me with. I am a daughter. I am a friend. I am a follower of Jesus I am a sex trafficking survivor. I am an advocate and deeply committed to being a voice for those that may find themselves in a situation that I was once in. I am actively fighting sex trafficking and exploitation, and I am executive assistant for Ruby's LV, which is a nonprofit organization that is sex industry survivor led based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, that helps save women and children who are or who have been sexually trafficked and or exploited and also their families. That's really awesome. And we know that uh, your boss is an amazing woman too, Sammy. She is. <laughs> Samantha Summers Rebus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so can you tell us like, I mean, obviously you're a survivor. So how does that even happen? A survivor working for a survivor led organization like wouldn't someone get triggered and like, oh my gosh, this is too much. And I mean, all those scenarios go through my head, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, doing this work is not easy. It's gut-wrenching. It breaks your heart. But there's another side to it that I'm sure that you've tapped into. It gives you power and passion and compassion and empathy for the people stuck in trafficking. So can you tell us kind of like your journey before you started working with Ruby's LV? Like what how did you get trafficked? How did you, you, you seem so smart and put together and like someone that I cannot mess with. Like if I met you and be like, Hey girl, da 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 da, be like, yeah, I see you coming. You're trying to gaslight me. No, <laughs> you know, you seem like that person that would never like, wouldn't be tricked into anything. I can tell you that trafficking is something that has no boundaries. So it can happen to anybody Uh, across the world. Millions of women and children are at risk, Mm -hmm. no matter where you live, of being sexually trafficked and or exploited, regardless of how you are brought up or how you are raised. I was born right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. My family actually owns a circus. So I had a very exciting childhood growing up. I don't come from a 
a family that, you know, with a mother who did drugs or a mother that didn't have a job or where bills were not paid or where there was struggles. I mean, the worst part that I think that I went through growing up as a child was not having my father. Um, my grandma was a big part of my life growing up. She passed away in 2009. And that is kind of where my whole journey into trafficking kind of began. Um, my grandma, I guess what would some would say was an enabler. So anytime that oh, I wow. got in trouble, she was there to rescue me. If I crashed my car, she bought me a new one. If I got That's a ticket, grandmas do, though. Grandma <laughs> she, and grandpas. Yeah, she was there. So when she passed away, I didn't, I, I was 21 years old and I wasn't even prepared to even be an adult because I didn't have to do any of those adult things because she was always there to help me along the way. And when you're 21, your brain is not fully formed till you're 25. Yeah. So, so you're still like a kid inside your mind. Mm -hmm. Like it's just physically not full capacity yet. Not full capacity. No. So I can remember I had two jobs. I was working for a timeshare mm -hmm. back then. And I remember I was, those. Those were real popular. Yeah. <laughs> I was working for a timeshare and I was working for Tropical Smoothie mm -hmm. and I was going to school at the same I time. I like their smoothies. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was going to school at the same time to be a medical assistant. Mm -hmm. So I'm waking up at seven o'clock in the morning, going to my first job, then going to school, then getting out of school, going to my second job. And I ended up getting a DUI. So I get my DUI and my mom was a co-signer on my car. Did you go out to the club that night? I went out okay. that night. So I went out on my 21st birthday. Actually, oh. it was. Oh, legally? 20, legal legally, yeah. <laughs> I go out on my 21st birthday and I get a DUI and I go to jail. And because my mom was a co-signer on my car, she took away my car. So I had no way of getting to your jobs, my jobs yeah. anymore. So back then I was friends with this guy that I knew from high school. He was a trafficker. He ends up. Did you know he was a trafficker? I knew he was a trafficker. Wow. I ended up um, meeting did, with that, him. That didn't make you think twice or did you just be like, well, he'll treat me good or. It was a more of a thing like, oh, I've known you for years. You're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to hurt me. You're not going to steer you're, me the wrong way. You're from my high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how it, it was. So I end up one night meeting up with him. I'm in his car and he's like, you know, you're not making any money anymore. So this is a way that you could make some money. And at this time, I had already moved out of my mom's house. I had mm -hmm. my own apartment. I had no way that I was going to be able to pay for my apartment. So he leads me into this dark world of trafficking. I can remember the first night that I went out and I guess what they would say in the, the game world when you're being trafficked mm -hmm. is turn a trick. I end up walking down Las Vegas Boulevard. I'm by myself. I was right back then we had Eminem world. Do you oh, remember yes. when Eminem oh, yes. world was still? Yeah. And Coca-Cola yeah, yeah. and all that. And I remember walking in front of Eminem world and there was a guy that was a tourist that was standing there very, very drunk at the time. He takes me over to the Tropicana. 
at this time, there's like five of them. Him and his friends were here from out of town in the room. They fall asleep. And I, something I'm not proud of, but I do it. I take all their money while mm-hmm. they're asleep and I leave the room. I can remember getting home and going, oh, so it's this easy. Mm. It's this easy. Mm. Uh, I didn't have to do anything. Right. It's a, it's a, what they call in the game a trick roll. Yeah. I didn't have yeah. to do anything for the money. Right. Um, so in my eyes and my brain, I thought that it was going to be easy like that all the way through. But it's, you know what? I, this is really fascinating because did your trafficker, first of all, did you love him? Did you feel like he was your friend? Did you have any affection towards him in the beginning? So this, the first guy that trafficked me was just my friend. Um, I was with him for only five months. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time the five month mark hit, I told him, I said, I, which this is a rarity in the trafficking world. I told him, I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not for me. I'm not good at this. I just, I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I can remember he says, okay. And he gave me $500 and he asked me, he said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go home to my mom's. And he took me home to my mom's. Now I'm home at my mom's. Mm-hmm. I've already gotten a taste of. And you got a taste of the lifestyle yeah. a little. But did he keep every single dollar? Of he yours? kept every single dollar. Did that he I buy had. you clothes? Did he Did he get you a car? Did he do anything for you? No, like that? no, um, no. One the other, only thing he gave me was the $500 and took me home to my mom's. When the the real terror started happening was the man that started yeah. trafficking me after after this person. So, and he didn't even teach you how to do it. Did he just tell you go into a room, just get, you know, get the money and then walk out? No, he did teach me a lot of the, the reins of how to do it. Um, you know, they fake, fake having sex with people, of course, not really doing it. You know, if they fall asleep, rob them. Yeah. He taught me all of these, all of these things. So under duress, you said you not proud of it. No. Uh, Mackenzie, mm. I just want to say something to you. Mm. Under duress, you were being ordered to do that. Yeah. Now, that doesn't make you like that you didn't do it. But under duress, I mean, seriously, like you were supposed to do that. Yeah. That was your orders. Those are your marching orders. And to me, it's like, wow, that that would make me understand personally wow, I, I kind of didn't have a choice. Yeah. Like I just, did you know, like at the time you could have said no? Or did you think like, I can't say no, I have to just do this. I mean, you can always say no, but when you're in those kinds of situations, you feel like you, you feel like you have to, you have to do it for acceptance. At at that time I was like, you know, he had other girls uh, that are considered wifeys that, you know, you feel like you're in constant competition with. If right. I don't make a certain amount of money, you know, right. I, I can't come home. He was like that for the first five months. You know, I can remember going to sleep in the car and then lying to him saying that I was with security the whole night because I didn't want to go and work. work. You yeah. know, eventually the, 
the the weight of it starts weighing down on you yeah. and you just can't do it. So that was about the five month mark that I was already into the industry. And after that, um, like I told him, I said, I didn't want to be with him by the grace of God. He ended up, he wasn't more of like what they would say in terms of gorilla pimp. He was more of a passive aggressive, but used the whole, I love you thing to get you to do what you wanted to do, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Maybe like a big brother that loves you. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. So I go home. Um, I'm out of the game for about three months, but by then you already have a taste of the money and like, it's just the money? <laughs> like, it's just like doing drugs. You are addicted to, there's a rush to it. Yeah. You're addicted yeah. to the money. You know, sometimes we, you make as much as somebody makes in a whole month in one night. Yeah. So it becomes an, uh, an addiction thing. Hi friends. I want to talk about our nonprofit today. It's called Destiny House. And it's a place where ladies that have been in the sex industry, ladies that have been sex trafficked, can come and live and recover from their lifestyle. Basically, it's this to dream, discover, develop into the perfect destiny that God has for them. When these ladies come, they definitely get their healing and they get a brand new start and a brand new life of promise hope and a great future. Please partner with us. If it's on your heart, we need to keep our houses open. You can go to pinkchair.com and click on donate and your donation is tax deductible. Thank you, everyone. So here I am. I decide that I'm going to start stripping because stripping was legal in my eyes. I can't... And it seems safer. Yeah, it's safer. You're yeah. in a controlled environment. That's right. I'm not going to go mm -hmm. to jail here. So you're still testing the waters. It's something that God doesn't want you to be doing. But you're like, hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not letting having sex for me. money anymore. Exactly. I'm not yeah. doing any of that. I'm just naked right. on stage. So I'm going to I'm going to test the boundaries. But. In that situation, what a lot of hoes will say is that there's no money like hoe money and you don't make the same money in the strip club as you do prostituting on Las Vegas Boulevard. It does, yes. doesn't happen. And then it's a lot easier on Las Vegas Boulevard because when you're a stripper, you're in a room with a bunch of people that are doing the same thing. Yeah, on Las Vegas Boulevard, there's a bunch of girls that are being trafficked, but it's not so uh, what's the word for it? It's not so like where you're in a fight with the other girls to try to get the trick. You know, if you're there, you're going to get it. You know, when you're in the strip club, you know, you go to the stage, another girl comes oh, yeah. and sits oh, down yeah. with your, yes. with your trick and then boom, there goes your money. And you're like, I'm tired of this. So I end up back on Las Vegas Boulevard. This is when I meet the guy that trafficked me uh, basically throughout the entire time that I was being trafficked, I was trafficked from 2012 all the way until 2016. Mm -hmm. The guy that I got with the second time turned out to be a, a very violent and aggressive yeah, gorilla. and what they would say, gorilla pimp. Um, and you loved him. Yeah. He was the one that I, I fell in love with. I was willing to do anything for him. Where did you meet him? 
I met him online. Wow. Um, I think it was Tinder, just oh, the Tinder. site, Tinder. Yeah, Tinder. Yeah, I met him on Tinder. I ended up going to meet up with him. He turns out to be a pimp as well. And by then I had already had a taste of the industry. So I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to work for you too. And that's how easy, how easy it is. It can happen to anybody. Um, this guy ends up trafficking me a lot of times in Vegas, but what happens is I end up going to jail a lot of times and vice ends up knowing you by your of course first and last name yeah. as soon as they see you they're chasing you down in the casinos they're taking you to jail so then he comes up with the idea i'm gonna traffic you out of town so now he's sending me to salt lake city mm -hmm. this is the first place that he trafficked me out of town Salt Lake City, I got a big bite out of because I was making $1,000 to $2,000 a day there mm -hmm. easily, but he would force me to stay there for three weeks at a time. So three weeks, I'm by myself in a hotel room by myself all the time. He had my kids at home. Oh my He gosh. wouldn't let me come home. I can remember begging to come home but it was like no you're not coming mm -hmm. home because you're not making the same kind of money in vegas you're going to jail we're having to pay for you to get out of jail every week so he just kept forcing me to stay there so i'm there for about maybe a year into it and i end up getting arrested in the room um, because vice comes to one of yeah. my calls um, they come in the room. By then I have no clothes on. I close the door. The guy pulls out his badge and I'm going to jail. That was the first time ever in the whole time that I was being trafficked that I actually had a, what you would say, a, maybe a decent experience right. with vice officers. The vice officers in Las Vegas are very nasty to you. They're rude. They treat you like you're the bottom of the barrel, like you're not even a human being. They have no idea what these girls are going through that are being trafficked. Like we're forced to make a certain mm -hmm. amount of money or you can't come home. You know, mm -hmm. there was times that I was out all night and didn't make any money and I came home and had to put daytime clothes on and go right back, right back right. out with no right. sleep or I was getting beat up, you know. So I end up going to jail in Salt Lake City. The girl... I was with a girl out there. She wasn't a wifey. She was just a friend that I was working with. She had heroin in the room. And because the room was in my name and she wouldn't admit to the heroin, they took me to jail for the heroin as well. So now I end up wow. with a yeah. possession of heroin charge. Mm -hmm. And along with a slew of engaging in prostitution, soliciting for the purpose of prostitution, all these things. So I come back to Vegas. Now I'm working a little bit longer in Vegas. And one night I'm texting my pimp's phone and I'm begging him to come home. I'm like, I don't want to be out here. There's so many police. I want to come home. And I had a girlfriend at the time that was living with me. She had a different pimp that used to come over to our house. 
So we had two different pimps. So she's living with me in an extra room. We're out together. I'm texting my pimp so I can come home. And he's not answering my phone calls. So finally, it's about five o'clock in the morning. I come home and I notice that there is a car parked in my driveway that I have no idea who it is. So I go in the front door. I walk through the, through the house. I get to my bedroom door and my bedroom door is locked. So I kick down the door, <laughs> kick down the door. I might've do this, done the same. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care if I would have gotten my butt kicked. Yeah. I would have done it. Yeah. I kick down the door Mm-mm. and he's asleep in my bed with another mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who she is. So I, did you anchor out of the bed? I processed it for about five minutes <laughs> while they were asleep. So I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, Mm-mm. what am I going to do? Am I going to punch him? Am I going to punch her? Am I going to just wake them up calmly? You know, what am I going to do? Ultimately, I decided to wake them up calmly because this guy had already been forcibly hitting me throughout this entire time. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah, he was I don't know what he's time. capable of. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, don't get too ahead of yourself and get brave here because he's capable of extreme violence. So I wake him up calmly. The first thing he says to me is, I don't know how she got here. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know how she got here. And by then back wow. in, in, clown, clown. Mm-hmm, in mm. the world or, or in, in the game, you're like, so you're in a bed with a girl that's not even paying you. Uh, there's an award for that, and I don't need to say it on yeah. television. Yeah, or so we know but the word for it. FF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're... no one knows what that means. You need to look it up on the internet. <laughs> you look it up. Look it up on the internet. So you're in a bed with a girl that's not even paying you. I'm giving you money, and you want to basically do this. So yeah. by this time, I grab her car keys off the table. I had a glass sliding door in my room. I throw them out the the door. She gets out of my house and I close the door and now I'm sitting on the bed. The bed's about over here and he's sitting on the dresser. And the only thing I said to him was, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be with you anymore. And that was all it took. I never seen somebody snap like that in my life. Mm. I have never seen. It was like something clicked in his brain. And back then I was very, very small. He comes across the bed. He picks me up and throws me into the wall. By then, the wind is knocked out of me. Now he proceeds to get on top and start punching me. I get up and try to run. I can still remember until this day. People think that when you get knocked out that you just fall yeah, backwards. Like the movies. That's no. not what happens. <laughs> he hit me so yeah. hard in the left part of my... You just crumble yeah. in the same spot that right. you're right. standing. So I crumble and the same, he hit me so hard. I went to sleep and when I woke up, he was on top of me, Choking strangling me. me. Yeah. And I can remember the thoughts. Does he know my ex? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're all like that. Same. Yeah. He's strangling me and I can remember trying to get his arms off and going through my head. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. He's going to kill yeah. me. This is the end yeah. of my, this is the end of my life. And Right, probably as I was at the point of getting ready to die, my girlfriend that was living with me, she was next door in the other room and her pimp comes in the room and takes him off of me. And he's like, you're, you're going to kill her. This was already 15, 20 minutes into me getting my butt kicked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at that point, 
I tell him that I'm going to call the police. He's scared at this point. I think he was probably in shock that he had went that far. He had always been abusive to me, but never went as far as to where I was just about to die. So he leaves the house. I remember locking the doors and at this time I have to go to the hospital because mm -hmm. I'm all messed up. I couldn't see straight. I was, I was messed up. So I go to the hospital. I tell the hospital that I was at a bar and I got caught in a bar fight. Bar fight. And this is how I got all this happening to me. So, um, I, Ended up with brain damage on my left side, brain swelling. I had a fractured jaw. I had a couple of broken ribs. Wow. Both my eyes were black. Um, I came home and I couldn't work for a while because mm -hmm. of the, the damage that right. I had to my body. And from then on, I didn't talk to him for about two weeks. During those two weeks, I went through a horrible time of terrifying things i would somehow he was getting into my house i would wake up in the morning to pictures of me right. asleep on my phone hey Kenzie, hold on because you know what we're gonna have to do we're mm -hmm. gonna have to cut it short but i want to ask you if you'll come back on and share the rest yeah if you're willing to so what we'll do is we're gonna say goodbye right now you guys will have to do part two of Mackenzie's story. You guys, I feel like I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know about you all, if you're listening or watching, but this is like a real story. This is not a movie. This is not something made up. And uh, I don't want to cry, but you need to hear the rest of this because this woman has been through hell. Thank you so much for joining Pink Chair today. We'll see you next time with Mackenzie's story and the rest of what happened in her life in part two. Thank you. Hi, dear friends, Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims? And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources, but we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. And this is not free, but the girls, the clients we have never get charged but it's not free for us to operate it. We have staff, 24 seven staff. We have trauma therapy, equine therapy. The ladies eat great big meals at the tables together. They go to trauma counseling. They have group therapy counseling. They go to addiction classes. 
they end up signing up for a vocation college and then they end up getting a job before they leave our program i am asking you the one who's watching this the one who's listening to please consider to partner with us survivor-led nonprofits don't always get good donations you can go to pinkchair.com and click on donate please partner with us your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life